It's surreal. Absolutely surreal. How many hundreds of years have we waited for this day? Hundreds and hundreds of years. Adam and Eve had a chance to be with their God, walk with their God in the garden. And they threw it away. Throughout the rest of salvation history, God would try to gather the people together and let them know, I will be your God and you will be my people. But they walked away from Him. They betrayed Him. They were as adulterers in a relationship with God. But no matter what happened, He always told Him through the prophets, nevertheless, even though you're going to be conquered, I will bring you back again. I will call you back to Me once more. Remember from Ezekiel, and I will, I will, he says, I'm going to remove your hearts of stone and put in new hearts. And I will write your name on my hands. He says, I will remember your sins no more. How many hundreds and hundreds of years have we waited for that to come true? And now we find ourselves tonight in this surreal position. We found that our Lord, we, we, we journeyed through, them, through these three years. He brought us hope. He brought us comfort. He brought us healing. He gave us a vision of a glorious future. And now, before we know it, He's been arrested. But in this night that we commemorate, that we make present, that we make present. We get this beautiful gift that God had promised so long ago. We get the gift of Himself. I have walked among you as a man for three years. I am going to now leave you but I will never leave you alone. My presence will be with you in this bread, in this wine. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life eternal. What a great gift we have been given. Not like Adam and Eve that we walk side by side, if you will but we actually physically commune with God Himself in his, through His Son. Take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood. Imagine how that could be. How can that happen? God, who is totally infinite, other, and we, who are totally finite, created, and He uncreated, how can, we, how can we come together? How can that union work? It can only work 
because of Jesus, the incarnate Word of God. It is only because of Jesus that the divine and humid could unite two natures, one person. And it is by partaking of that person with two natures, human and divine, that we commune with our God. We have this gift now to be a partaker of His nature, as Peter would say. We can commune with God. He gave us this, this night. We celebrate this glorious feast of the Eucharist, of the priesthood. It's not a holy day of obligation, but it sure should be. Churches should be packed tonight celebrating this day. But in the midst of this, we've got, we've had the what is, we listen to the gospel, we had the anointing in Bethany. Then we have Jesus in the upper room in the Last Supper. The giving of the Eucharist to us. The washing of the feet had taken place. And then Jesus says, you know, things are going to happen now and, and the flock is going to be dispersed. And Peter says, never, I'll stand by you even if it's unto death. And Peter says, or Jesus says to Peter, I tell you before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. It's interesting, isn't it? Three times he denied me. And three times there's been transgressions. There was the first denial of, G of Peter, which reflects a denial, if you will, of, I mean, a transgression of Adam in the garden when he transgressed the law of God. Do not eat. But he ate anyway. Peter denied him a second time. It reminds us of how the transgression of the law of Moses that was given to Moses, how the people transgressed the law. They denied God then. Peter denied Jesus a third time. It's the same as the transgressions of the denying of the gospel today, as well as that time. Everybody who had a hand in putting Christ to death denied Christ, transgressed the law of the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, he says, and if you deny it, you transgress the law. You transgress the gospel. Three times Peter denied. Three transgressions that were great in the history of man. The one third we're still living in. And so now we go out. We're sitting in the courtyard with Peter. Jesus is apprehended. He's been told. He's been falsely judged. The decree has been given to put him to death. And so now we sit here tonight in disbelief, in a surreal state, almost suspended animation. What's going on? What's happening? Is this for real? And it is in this state in our own lives that we go on and we live our lives and we have things happen to us and we can't control them. They're outside of our control. We call to mind this one event tonight. 
when Jesus said, take and eat, take and drink. And we cling to that. And it is in that Eucharistic presence of Christ that we were able to keep it together, if you will, keep our focus going in the direction we need to go in an uncertain future. It is the Eucharist that perfects the sacraments of our baptisms, that fulfills it. Baptism without the Eucharist leads to eventual death because baptism, the new creature, needs to be fed on Christ. It's the foundation and summit of our faith. It was given to us tonight. And it was denied three times by Peter. But we take courage in God's mercy and his love. Because he would say to Peter, do you love me? Three times. And Peter would respond three times, you know I love you. And forgiveness was given, and communion continued. Let us cling to the Eucharist, because our life truly depends on it. We are not worthy of such a gift. We can do nothing to earn it. It's sheer gift. But how it affects our life is determined by the manner in which we apply ourselves to the life that we're called. Let us not deny as did Peter. Let us not transgress the laws. Let us cling to the Eucharist. Let us cling to the presence of Christ in our midst. Darkness will fall upon us tomorrow. By three o'clock, our blessed Lord will be dead. But remember, we will remember his words he said to us. Take and eat. Take and drink. And these words will sustain us until he rises on the third day.